This audio is brought to you by Muslim Central. Please consider donating to help cover our running costs and future projects by visiting www.muslimcentral.com forward slash donate. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh guys. Uh, I'm sitting here in my hotel room in The Hague. And I have collected some questions that you've sent me. I'm going to try to go through as many of them as I can in a few minutes. I don't want to make this too long. I know it's very late for some of you. Um, so I just want to start off by saying that some people came and asked me some really, really heavy questions. And it made me appreciate that there's um, that a lot of you are going through some very, very difficult times in life. And may Allah make them easy for you. Uh, even if I don't get to answer everybody's questions, I know there's a lot of depression, a lot of anxiety, um, a lot of people suffering from abuse at the hands of others, uh, dealing with very difficult situations in life, and I'm just praying that Allah makes those things easy for you, and that um, Allah finds you a way out from the difficulty that you find yourselves in. So anyway, so here's the first one. Uh, these are some of them from Instagram. Uh, I have become completely disillusioned from this world because of some events and from relationships and people, please suggest something. Uh, very often, people hurt us, and when they do, we tend to develop a very gloomy outlook on life altogether. You know, we have to learn to let go of expectations from people. And really, at the end of the day, you can only control your own behavior, you can't control anybody else. And so when people have disappointed you and have hurt you and relationships have gone bad, then it's really, really important for you to take a step back and really find what gives you peace, rediscover your connection with Allah, but at the same time also take care of your own mental, emotional, and physical health. Eat right, do exercise, do things that make you feel good, and also engage in prayer and recitation of Qur'an, things like that. And don't overwhelm yourself, don't dwell on thinking about what people have done to you because that'll eat away at you and you're just going to be miserable. Um, I know we can't guide our our loved ones, but how can I lead my parents to the right path? They really don't want to listen. That's a really hard one. And first of all, I don't know if you want to call it the right path because that's a, in some sense, it's kind of self-righteous. What you want to think about is, first and foremost, that there were people like Ibrahim salam who was much better die than you and I will ever be, and he couldn't convince his father, right? So you you can't guide whoever you love. In la tahdi man The Prophet was told. You don't guide whoever you love. So, first of all, acknowledge that guidance and misguidance is not in our hands. People's hearts are in Allah's hands. He's muqallib al-qulub. He's the one who changes the hearts. Our job is just to give concerned reminder. So, there is no secret ingredient, secret fig- way to figure out how you can guide somebody else. Even the Prophet was told that's not in his control. It's difficult to let go. And I know sometimes we really want our loved ones to be the way we want them to be and to leave things that we know are harmful for them, but they are also adults and human beings that have to make their own decisions, and you can't decide that for them. Even our messenger told his daughter, عنها, uh, and he وسلم, told her, ya, ya Muhammad, Fatima, daughter of Muhammad, you need to be cautious of Allah on your own, because I will not have any control when it comes to Allah for you. I won't be able to save you. You'll have to work on that yourself. Is there any way to know if bad things are happening as a punishment or God wants to forgive your sins or raise your level of faith? Yeah, that's a, that's a tough one. Uh, first of all, let's just take some basic fundamentals that you should never forget. 
Allah is not punishing you, number one. You are not being punished by Allah. If you are being punished by Allah, this is not why Allah created this world, to punish humanity. Allah Azza wa Jal came or, or gave us this revelation and gave us this message to teach us about Himself that He created us so He can show us mercy. Allah created us so He can show us mercy and give us His love and care. So the difficult things that you're going through in life are there to mold you and craft you into a stronger human being. I mentioned this in story night tonight. Uh, you know, lots of really terrible things happened with Musa alayhi salam. He, you know, had to run away from home. He was he almost starved to death. He lived in exile for so long. Even as a baby, he was almost killed. Uh, he saw all kinds of injustice in front of him. The same thing with Yusuf alayhi salam. Had a terrible childhood. Was kidnapped. Was thrown into a well. Came out of there. Was, you know, kidnapped and taken and turned into a slave and a servant. And after that, falsely accused and thrown into jail. Like. One unfair thing after another, after another, none of which was his fault. None of this was his fault. So when these kinds of things happen, you know, you would think Yusuf should ask himself, what have I done to deserve this? Why is Allah punishing me? But actually, sometimes those difficult matters, those difficult life experiences are there for a greater good. Musa had to go through those experiences to one day reach the mountain. And Allah said to him, Musa." You came right on schedule, Musa. Meaning all of the events that happened, one led to the next, to the next, to the next, which had to lead to this mountain. You would never may have made it to this mountain to meet with Allah if you didn't go through those difficult experiences. The same way, the, you know, you, Musa, Yusuf would never have been able to help the king interpret the dream if he wasn't in jail. And he gets out of jail, interprets this dream, and as a result, thousands of people, and especially children, are saved from starvation. That one child's suffering became salvation for so many hundreds of thousands of children, right? So don't think of your difficulty as a curse from Allah, as a punishment from Allah. Maybe you're going through a hard time because Allah wants you to become an inspiration for others who are going through such a hard time. Maybe you need to come out of this stronger so that you can become a source of strength for others. And you have to start thinking about, you know, instead of I think about my problems as why is this happening to me, but rather what greater good will I do when I overcome this? This is the mentality you have to develop because this is the larger plan Allah has for you. Okay. Um, in Berlin, you talked about having enemies in your family. Dude, I didn't talk about no enemies in your family. I mean, I said some things, but that's, that's pretty extreme. How can we deal with this kind of problem? Yeah, if, if family is really hard, well, congratulations. That's life. Uh, and you sometimes people say weird things like, I wish I had a normal family. Um, let me just tell you, there is no such thing as a normal family. All of us have weird families. Nobody, shh, don't tell anybody. Okay? So, the old stories are getting tiring. Um, the, the, the point is that, you know, even prophets had difficulty in their families. All of them. Ibrahim alayhi salam trouble with his dad. Rasul alayhi salam trouble with his uncle. You know, Yaqub alayhi salam trouble with his kids. Nuh alayhi salam trouble with his wife. Like, nobody, nobody had a normal, easy family situation. Every one of them had one challenge or the other, or the other, or the other. So the fact that we have challenges in our families is a part of life. And those people, Allah put them in our family because they're the only ones that... You know, there are sometimes there are people in your family that if they weren't in your family, you would never ever cross paths with them. <laughs> right? So it's like Allah's decree that they had these people had to be in your family so maybe some good will come to them from you this is sometimes you wonder really how are you my brother 
how are you my cousin? Like, how are you my uncle? Or how are you my dad? Like, there's, you have nothing in common. But that's Allah's decree, that He put people together, sometimes that are very difficult for each other, because that's how you're supposed to bring guidance. Allah's message was supposed to come to them through you, maybe. How can I control my anger? I, res- I lose respect towards my mother very easily. Ish. I really don't want to be like that. And right after being that, I regret it. Um, sometimes parents can be very difficult. They can very easily provoke you. They can say things that agitate you very quickly. This could be a two-way street. You may have a serious anger problem. You s- snap very easily and you lose your temper over things that you shouldn't be losing your temper over. Or it may very well be that your mom just knows exactly what buttons to press to set you off and she's just good at that. Uh, and then, then you feel guilty afterwards. But I think it's probably good to take a step back and, and take stock of every time that's happened, what exactly has happened and what is it that's annoyed you so much or agitated you so much. And maybe try to have, as difficult as it may be, an open conversation with your mom about how you don't want to have these situations anymore. And you're, you're sorry for them, but we want to fix this. And if you've identified some things that you're doing wrong, then take a step back and acknowledge them and take stock of them. And if you think there's some things that she says that really get under your skin, then try to have that direct conversation. It may not happen in the first time or second time, but I think the more, the more transparent a conversation becomes, the better it is in the long run. And sometimes these things cannot get solved, and that's another thing. Sometimes no matter how much you try to talk to somebody, things aren't going to change. And the only thing you can do is you can't control what they're going to say or they're going to do, but you certainly are responsible for your, what you're going to say or do. So may Allah make you better in control of what you... Uh, you know, how you behave in those circumstances. And by the way, it's okay if you're about to lose your temper to say, Mom, I'm sorry, I'm just going to go because I don't want to say something bad. And if she says, where are you going? Come back here, or whatever. If you know you're going to just mess up if you come back, it's okay, just go. I'm really sorry, Mom, I'm just going to go make wudu or something, or go pray, you know. And some of our moms are suffering from depression and anxiety, and they say things that they really don't mean. And people that are going through that, they say some very, very hurtful things. And you have to kind of look at them as patients sometimes, that they don't know what they're saying. And as hard as it is, take it with a thick skin and ignore it and, you know, uh, let it be. In any case, um, is it any good to pray for a person to change or ask for their guidance since Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says He would only guide those who want to change themselves? You can pray for people's guidance, um, and but you can't ask Allah to change people. You can ask a lot of guide, that's fine. But this whole changing business, like, we really want things to be molded to our preference. That's not how it works. The only one that you can really exact change over is yourself. And other than that, ask a lot to show mercy, forgiveness, and guidance, okay? Don't worry about change. Um, in, my, in, in relation to one of your recent posts dedicated to your parents, I love that post. You mentioned something along the lines of treating your parents with ihsan as the bare minimum. What do we do if caring for a palliative, um, palliative parent feels like it's never good enough, despite the reality we'll never be able to repay them? Yeah, that's a really... Uh, thank you for your question, Tyra Azim. Um, really, really important question. Even if I don't get to answer any other question, I think this is, this is valuable enough to kind of dig into. A lot of people come up to me with questions about their parents. And I, I didn't put this in my post. I put, I put in my post what I appreciate about my parents, what I love about them, and how blessed I am to have them. But there are lots of people, guys, that come up to me and uh, they tell me about terrible experiences with their parents. I mean, I have, I have been witness to parents that have been, at minimum, psychologically abusive, 
verbally abusive. I've heard about parents that are physically abusive, sexually abusive. I've, I've seen all kinds of things. And it's hard to even hear sometimes that parents can do that. And first, you know, if I was to... I mean, I'm afraid to write something like that that would put a sour taste in everybody's mouth as, I, as they read it. But I do want to say for parents like that, that are abusive, you know, you should be ashamed of yourselves. Allah gave you an honor greater than so many other creations on this earth. And He only gave you that honor because you take care of your children. You raise them. Quran says, كَمَا رَبَّيَانِ صَغِيرًا They ensured my growth. So your part was, as a parent, you ensured that they grow well, that they're taken care of, that their needs are provided for, that they're protective, that they're safe. When you took that safety away from them, when you took their dignity away from them, when you humiliated them, when you abused them, when you hit them, when you, when you did these things to them that put them down, that made them, feel, made them feel worthless, then you have taken this huge honor that Allah gave you and you have abused it and you've mutilated it. That's a crime. That's a grand, grand crime. I'm not even talking to the kids. I'm talking to those parents. That that's, a, that's something you... I don't know how you'll answer Allah. And then on top of doing all of those crimes, you have the audacity to turn to those kids that you've abused and then say, you better be good to me because Allah says, وَبِالْوَالِدَيْنِ إِحْسَانًا That is not how that works. That is not how that works. We have to be... And, and, and I'll, I'll dig into that ayah because that expression is really important. Ihsan means to do your very, very best. Please listen to this carefully. This is an important concept that is not very commonly talked about. If you have... For example, somebody came to me today and said they have divorced parents, okay? So mom and dad live in two different houses, she's the only daughter. And when I'm spending time with mom, I feel bad because I feel like I'm abandoning dad. When I'm with dad, I feel bad that I'm not with mom. Mom makes me feel guilty when I'm with dad. Dad makes me feel guilty when I'm with mom. And I'm torn on both sides and you're supposed to be the best to your parents. How am I supposed to achieve this balance? Listen, take a step back and understand something. The word ihsan means the very best that you can do. The very best that you can do. In that situation, when you identify, Dad, these are the times that I'm going to spend with you. And that's the best I can do. Mom, here's the time that I can give you because I have work, I have school, I have these other responsibilities. Here's what I can give you. This is the best that I can do. Even after that, when they're giving you guilt trips and making you feel like you're worthless and all that, if you can turn to Allah and say, this is the best that I can do, Ya Allah, and you know. You know that that's the best that I can do, then that's fine. In, the, in, in one case when uh, a parent is extremely abusive and just being in their company is harming you, it's literally harming you, physically, emotionally, in some other way, it's harming you, then being away from them and keeping a safe distance from them is the best that you can do. There's nothing better that you can do. So ihsan is actually relative to each situation. Allah did not put one standard on all of us for what we can do for our parents. There are some, you know, sometimes people don't understand that in every relationship, even in the parental relationship, there are, there are boundaries. There are some things that, you know, if you don't draw a line, people will keep taking more and more from you. Like if you have, for example, if you have friends that make fun of you and you never say anything, then they'll insult you more the next time, then more, then more, then more. You, you never drew a line. The same way with your parents, sometimes they ask for your time. They say, hey, I need your help. Then you go and help. No, now I want you to do this. Now I want you to do this. Now I want you to do this. And you say, but dad, I have to get to work. Or mom, I have to get to school. Or I have an assignment to finish. Or I have this, or I have that. No, that's not important. What are you not going to listen to your parents? You know, and then you shut up and you just do what they told you. And then you're de developing resentment towards them. Eventually, you're going to burn out. You're going to disrespect them. You're going to stop talking to them. Crazy things are going to happen. 
how do you avoid all of that? Take a step back and say, Mom, I want to help. This is the day that I can help you. This is how much time I can give you for help. And I cannot do any more. And even if she complains and cries and says, you're the worst daughter ever, the worst son ever in the universe, it's okay. You drew a line. And once you stick with that line, then the next time that line will be respected. In the beginning, it will feel like torture. But then they will learn to respect that line that you've respectfully drawn. You haven't drawn an abusive line. You have drawn a, a, a reasonable line. And that has to happen in every relationship with your kids, with your parents, with your spouse, with your friends, with work, any relationship. It's important to draw boundaries and respectfully draw those boundaries. But by the way, once you draw a line and you say, hey, mom, it's, you know, I want to help, but I don't like when you say these, these, these things. They're very hurtful. Don't say them. And if you say them, then I'm going to leave. But then she says them and you don't leave. You know what you've done? You better not cross this line or else... Then they cross that line. Then you draw a new line and say, hey, okay, okay, this new line, you better not cross this one or else. And then they cross that one. You know what you're teaching them? There is no line. There is no boundary. This is a really serious problem many of us have in all of our relationships, that we don't know how to draw a line. And that has to happen even with our parents, respectfully, with the best possible intention, with the most loving, caring words, uh, with the most consideration, but this has to happen. Otherwise, you'll just end up in miserable relationships, not just with your parents, in every relationship. You're going to be miserable. May Allah protect you from that kind of misery. Okay. Um, I think that answers the question also about lowering the wings and correcting parents and, and things like that. Um, there's somebody asked a question about a lady who's very old and has taken shahada and she's um, her memory is bad. She can't even get up and stand up at that point and... What do you do to, how can you even help her? She doesn't even remember Arabic words. Islam is not about learning Arabic words. Islam is about accepting Allah as one, accepting Muhammad as his messenger, sallallahu alayhi wasallam. She could accept that in, in Mandarin, and that's okay. She can't get up and pray. If she's accepted Allah in her heart, then, and if she's at that level, then she's not, you know, much of what is obligatory in the deen is not mandated on her. Why are we making her life more difficult? Don't assume that she has to go through the qaida nuraniya when she's 95 years old. It's okay. That's not what's asked of her, and we shouldn't make things difficult when Allah has made things easy. Um, what do you say to a person who has faced tests to a point where they feel emotionally and spiritually exhausted? They're reciting Qur'an, making dua, praying, doing all the things they're supposed to, but somehow they're stuck in a rut and can't seem to unrut themselves. What's the Qur'anic solution? Sometimes uh, we are looking for spiritual solutions to what is not a spiritual problem. In this, in this tour of mine, I've been talking about that pretty uh, repeatedly, and I've emphasized that, um, that you know, we, we have physical needs, we have emotional needs, and we have spiritual needs, okay? And for the most part, if your physical and emotional needs are taken care of, then you're able to, to further yourself spiritually. It's, it becomes easier for you. A lot of times you're going through an emotional kind of trauma, you're going, literally going through depression. If you were to be diagnosed, you'd be diagnosed with depression. Or you have serious anxiety. Or you have panic attacks. Or you have, you have these things that, that, that really need professional help. You need to talk to someone and work through your emotions. You need a counselor. You need a therapist. This is an emotional problem. And, but then we're told this is a spiritual problem. You're not connected in your salah. You're always sad. You're not optimistic. Therefore, something is wrong with your iman. That is so bad because I'm already depressed. And now I'm being told I'm a bad person also. <laughs> That's not going to help. So when people are in that state, if, you're, if you find yourself hopeless, 
you know, disc- disconnected, not interested in doing anything, it's hard for you to get out of bed, what's the point of it all anyway? If you're finding yourself depressed like that, maybe it's good that you seek some professional help. Because that getting that psychiatric help, getting that counseling help, I'm telling you, is going to help you spiritually also. It's important that we were that we, we understand that these are holistic things. The Quran doesn't just talk about em, like spiritual solutions; it talks about emotional solutions too. And that's something that you know. If those of you who haven't been, if you were to go back, I think my last eight or ten khutbas have all been about emotional health in the Quran and how Allah Azza wa Jal addresses emotional issues and gives us guidance how to deal with them. Anyway, a question about about hijab. Uh oh. Can we stop this now? Okay, fine. I live in a country where wearing hijab is really difficult. Women and girls are not allowed to wear the headscarf, khimar, at school or at work, since the law has been voted. I personally had to put off my headscarf on my car when I arrive at work, and I have have no other solution to cover my hair because the law specifies that everything everything we can put on our head is forbidden. So much for freedom of expression. Anyway, however, I am 39 and... I think I got the wrong page. 39 and what? Because it's not... any. Okay, I'm going to discontinue that. However, I'm 39, and I don't know what else that means, but I'm sure you feel guilty about not wearing the hijab at work. Look, if you're legally not allowed to do it, then... I'm not giving a fatwa. I, I'm not but I don't see how you're in sin. May Allah make that situation easy for you. You have to provide uh, for your family and you have to you know, do your job. So may Allah make that situation difficult. And you ask Allah for forgiveness because you're not, you don't really have a choice in the matter. So that's the most I can say. I mean, I, I wouldn't consider you someone who's you know, engrossed in sin because you're in that circumstance. Um, what advice do you have for someone who's constantly let down and hurt by others? Don't stop stop depending on others. That would be my advice. That they lose hope in this dunya, but also lose hope in Allah. Don't let your disappointment with people turn into disappointment with Allah. That's just because you're depending on people too much. You gotta let go. You can love people. You can be friends with people. Hawnamma, to an extent. You know, ahbib habibak, hawnamma. Love your friend to an extent. Because they might become someone you hate one day. Hate your enemy to an extent. They might become your friend one day. Let's have limits. And let's, you know, they, uh, let's not, you know, make our happiness and our peace and our hopes associated with other people. You have to find your peace yourself. And you have to find your peace with Allah. Um, This is a really heavy question. In the Quran, Allah promises that believers will be tested and tried in numerous ways. He also promises paradise to the ones who are patient. However, during a trial, some are patient, some are not, and everyone goes through pain. So is it wise to have children, to be brought into this world, to face tribulations? Please share your thoughts. Fatima, Zahra. Fatima, you must have gone through some very difficult things to ask that question. You know, having children is one of the most joyous experiences in a person's life. And to start questioning whether or not you even want to bring children into the world must mean you've gone through some very, very heavy things. And I pray that Allah makes those, those, those trials, those scars healed so your view of the world is not so gloomy. Having children is a, is a blessing and it's a ni'mah of Allah. This world was always full of trials. It's not full of trials right now. It was always full of trials. And it's a mercy of Allah 
that He put in us the desire to have children and to continue life on this earth. The beauty of this earth and the goodness of this life far outweighs its difficulties. Um, okay, that's a Quran studies question. I can skip that a little bit. Um, okay. Uh, yeah, I don't even know how to answer this one. I Actually, I want to take you to another question that somebody asked me in person. That'll be my last one, okay? So, this um, this woman came up to me. This was, I think it was in Belgium. Um, uh, thankfully, I don't remember your name. Even if I did, I wouldn't say it, okay? So, she came up to me and she said that she's married and she doesn't know whether when she's suffering abuse from her husband and her in-laws, whether or not that if she wants to end the marriage because she's suffering from abuse, whether or not she's being patient or not. Meaning her parents are telling her, you know, this kind of abuse, this kind of humiliation, this kind of insult, or your husband losing his temper at you and getting angry and threatening you, or your in-laws insulting you, and all of those things happens to everybody. It happened to me, happened to, you know, when I was younger... You know, your, your your grandparents did that to me, so it's just life. That's okay. You just have to have sabr. You're overreacting. Um, and so I feel like it's really overwhelming and it's really degrading and humiliating, but my parents tell me that I just don't have enough patience and I have to... This is just how life is supposed to be. So what is the truth here? Am I, am I not being patient? And I answered her the way I would answer my own sister. If this was my younger sister telling me that this is what she's going through in her family, this is what I would tell her. Listen, marriage and divorce are choices. You marry who you want, and you have the right to divorce when you feel that you are not at peace in that marriage. People came to the Prophet ﷺ asking for a divorce. Women came and asking for a divorce and did not justify their rationale. And even when they did, the Prophet never said to any one of them, just be patient. Never once. Never once. The entire Qur'an, the exhaustive discourse on divorce, there are several pages dedicated to divorce in Baqarah. There's an entire surah dedicated to the divorce, Surah Al-Talaq, the 65th surah. And yet, Allah never once condemned it. Never once said, "Why? how dare you divorce? He said in one place, in Surah Al-Nisa, He said, uh, you know, and if you are going to divorce them, you know, maybe Maybe you hate something, but Allah put a lot of good in it. Allah put a lot of good in it. But in the very next ayah, He says, And if you still decide to replace a spouse with another, go on and marry somebody else, Allah opened that door. What I'm trying to tell you is not go go on and get divorced. Or you don't have to have patience in your marriage. But understand something. If somebody decides that they don't want to be in a relationship because they find it emotionally or any other way abusive, and she even said these words, she said, it seems they can do anything they want and that's okay. And I said, what, until you have broken bones? She goes, yeah, until then, probably anything, everything else is okay. And even if I had broken bones, and some others have told me, even if I had broken bones, my parents would probably tell me, it's okay, it's just one bone. You know? And we don't understand sometimes that psychological torture, emotional torture, degradation and humiliation and abuse and neglect and dismissing somebody, these are serious things. And the, sometimes husbands do these to wives and sometimes wives do this to husbands. And when this happens, you have a right to say, I don't want to do this anymore. 
let's go seek help. And if you don't want to get help, if you don't want to make changes, then I don't want to be in this abusive relationship anymore. It's okay to draw that line. You're not un-Islamic for wanting to get out of an abusive relationship. You're not. You did not do anything wrong. If you want to get out, that's your call. And you're not better, a better Muslim or a worse Muslim because you want to get out of an abusive relationship. You should seek therapy. You should seek help. You should do everything you can to save a relationship. But if a relationship has become a one-way street, then no. Then no. Then you don't, you're not compelled by Islam to stay. You are not. That is not... I don't, I've been trying to understand this religion for the last 20 years. I've been trying to study this book and understand it. I cannot find any justification that people should remain miserable for the sake of Allah. Nope. That is just not the case. So... You know, and, and by the way, to the parents who say this to their daughters, how dare you? How dare you pass down abuse? We were abused, so it's okay for you to be? This is the mercy you show your kids? We're supposed to never... You know, I can't imagine my, if, if my daughter came to me and said that. For me to say to her, it's okay. Yeah, I went through that. So it's okay. You can, you can handle it. I couldn't stand it. I can't stand sometimes how people in our in many of our cultures, Indian, Pakistani culture, I don't know enough about Arab culture to be able to say in our cultures, to be able to show our face to the community is more important. That's more important. And to show mercy to our children is less important. That's that to me is disgusting. That to me is disgusting. So may Allah Azza wa Jal, you know, and yes, it, it does take great strength and great power, but I also understand that nobody should be guilting you religiously that you're doing something religiously wrong when you want to get out of abuse, when you want to get out of a, a, you know, a miserable situation. If you're unhappy, if you're not satisfied, if you're not, you know, if you're not being taken care of, if you're falling into, like you're getting these evil thoughts in your head because of this abusive relationship, if you have like resentment towards your spouse for years and years, why are you in it? Yeah, this, the purpose of marriage is So you can find comfort and peace in them If the peace isn't there What are you doing there? What are you, and then people Here's the last one People give you the crazy example Be like Nuh salam. He was with his wife for 950 years Yo, if you give that example Then you're saying that this guy's wife Is Nuh salam's wife <laughs> That's not the best example to give and are the best examples are those of our Prophet ﷺ and how he taught this ummah how to deal with this subject. There are some things in Islam that are your choice. They are your decision. Allah is not putting that on you. Do, do it this way or do it that way. If that was, then Allah would have put in His book, it's wrong for you to get divorced. Or it's wrong for you to... Or this, these are the reasons you should stay and these are the reasons you should go. This is Allah's guidance until the end of time. And marriage is the most important institution. And yet Allah gave us free reign in this area. And He made He gave us the room to make those decisions ourselves. May Allah protect our families. May Allah protect our marriages. May Allah give us the courage and the humility to seek help to protect or to preserve when a marriage is falling apart. And may Allah also make us able to get away from abusive relationships. So there's a, there's a few crazy thoughts that I wanted to share with you. Um, I hope I didn't offend any of you. If I did, that's okay. I'm getting offline. Barakallahu li walakum. Oh, by the way, I want to answer this beard question. I, you had a beard, now it's very short. Yeah, I like my beard. I want to make it a little shorter too. And that's okay. Because I like uh, study fiqh and stuff. I don't discuss fiqh, but I study it. And personally, I believe fiqh is something that you should study personally, not talk about publicly. And if you knew the fiqh of the beard then you would actually know that I'm okay. So, cool. I'm not giving a fatwa to anybody else to 
make their beard like mine. I'm having a trouble trouble with my beard. But for those of you that have a real issue with these things, I mean, I sometimes I give a khutbah and people say, brother, your beard is American. I was like, I didn't know there's such a thing as an American beard, yo. I just thought I had a beard. It was a beard. Let me make it longer for you. Be happy. Longer. Okay. You happy now? Okay. Okay, bye. I gotta go. Uh, yeah.